Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Well, you can be seated this morning. We appreciate all of you being here. If you haven't noticed already, I have glasses on. And uh, many of you may, may have not known this, but I wear contacts for years and years and years. And uh, got this infection in my eye right when I came back from Texas. So uh, maybe I needed uh, California air or something. I don't know what happened out there. A lot of pollen. And so uh, hopefully I'll get out of these glasses. I'm not, I'm not a big glasses fan. I'm, I'm not against you guys that wear glasses, but uh, I just love my contacts. Anyway, uh, good to see everyone here and uh, wonderful time, wonderful presence. How many just enjoyed the presence of the Lord here today? In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbors and you're in the right place at the right time right now. All right. Yeah, we just uh, we just came back from Texas and we had a wonderful time in the conference there. All the churches that are uh, there, uh, about four of our churches and from San Antonio and around the Austin area, had a wonderful conference and they're they're fired up. They're ready to come to our conference. We have our conference like eight weeks away. A Reach conference is going to be happening there in uh, basically in Torrance area there, and uh, it's going to be a great time at the Marriott. So be ready as we get uh, going for that conference. Uh, but we're going to finish this series. We've been talking about choices. How many have enjoyed this sermon series, Choices? All of us have to make a choice. And this morning, I'm going to talk about something that I think is really going to help us. Because when it comes to choices, it's important to know that our choices, the quality of choices that you make will determine the quality of your life and ultimately determine your destiny. And the kind of choices that you make today will affect your tomorrow. And if we're all willing to be honest, we're not very good at making choices many times. And a lot of us can look back at our lives and we can see some of the bad choices that we've made and we're living with some of those choices. And hopefully, as we get into this message this morning, and the last few weeks, God will help us and give us some better wisdom to make better choices. Not wait to the middle of the problem to decide, but already decide ahead of time. You've already made your choice ahead of time. And kind of our theme scripture here has been Joshua chapter 24. And I'm going to go ahead and read it. It says, if it's pleasing to you, this is Joshua speaking to the people, to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. If it should be the gods your fathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites land where you are now living, yet as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That choose you this day whom you will serve, yet as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So let's pray today. Father, I thank you today for every person that's in this room, those that are online, that are watching today. I pray the word of God would minister to every person. I pray, God, you'd open our hearts, remove every distraction, everything that kind of bombards our mind, even as we're sitting here today. Help us to focus. Help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word and that the people would hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. So this morning, I want to talk about perseverance 
that gets us to the finish line. And today, a lot of us have to understand that the Christian walk, walking with God, is going to require perseverance if you're going to finish. Uh, A few weeks ago, I talked about consistency, staying consistent in your choices. But today, I want to talk about perseverance all the way to the finish line. There's a lot of people that are consistent for a while, but they don't finish. You probably have met some people. You probably have done it yourself. You started off good, but you didn't finish something. Maybe you started a project, but you didn't finish the project. And so perseverance, let me just give you a definition. It's not giving up. It is persistence and tenacity, the effort required to do something and keep doing it till the end, even if it's difficult and hard. So perseverance gives you the ability to finish all the way through, never giving up. God doesn't want us to give up. Never, never give up. And one thing uh, that I found, and all of us, we do desire to finish. But how many know it's a lot easier to start something than to finish something? It's a lot easier to start something and then not finish it. And this is what really separates ordinary people from amazing people is amazing people are willing to finish what they started. In fact, you can look at a lot of articles and you can look at a lot of studies about people who start something and never finish, but those that are successful, those that begin to do something with their lives are people that have learned how to persevere and how to finish. Uh, there is this one lady who, uh, she, she's a book author, and she wrote about, or she did a study about people that finish or people that accomplish things, and she said one of the things that she said is their willingness to stick to it It's the grit, in other words, the drive to persevere. And this woman by the name of Angela Duckworth, she did some groundbreaking research, and she looked at business leaders, she looked at military leaders, she looked at teachers in very difficult situations. She even looked at fifth graders. You ever seen those fifth graders that could spell some of the hardest words you never even heard of? She said all of these people, what separate the quality of just regular people to amazing people is she identified it as grit, grit has the ability that refuses to quit. It's the willingness to stay in the fight. And a lot of us this morning, we can start off good, but do you have the grit to finish? That's what separates even believers today. And she made this statement. She said, enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. That's why making a choice to finish is something we need to do. Because it's not our nature, let's just be honest, we usually want the easy way out. We usually want the convenient way out. It's easier to quit than to finish. It's easier to throw in the towel than to finish. And believe it or not, there are examples of even people that are non-believers that had to go through life in order to succeed. I was a, you may not be a fan of him, but I, was a, I looked up an article regarding Jim Carrey, whether you like him or not, I'm just gonna use him. And they said at 14 years old, his father, his father lost his job, his family hit rock bottom. They moved into a VW van on a relative's lawn, and the young aspiring comedian who was so dedicated to his craft 
that he mailed his resume to the Carol Burnett Show. Some of you don't even know who Carol Burnett Show is, but believe it or not, I remember the show. And just a few years early, at the age of 10, uh, he took an eight-hour-per-day factory job after school to help ends meet. At the age of 15, Kerry performed his comedy routine on stage for the first time in a suit that his mom made for him. And he totally bombed. It was horrible. He was undeterred, though. The next year, at 16, he quit school to focus on comedy, food time. I wouldn't recommend that. And then he moved to Los Angeles shortly after that, where he would park his car on Mulholland Drive every night and visualize his success. He would visualize directors telling him how good he was. He would visualize people approving his work. And one of these nights, he wrote himself a check for $10 million on Thanksgiving in 1995. And would you believe, just before that date, he dated it for 1995, just before that date, he had a payday with Dumb and Dumber for $10 million. He kept that deteriorated check in his wallet for a long time until he got the $10 million, and when his dad died, he got that deteriorated check and put it in his dad's pocket, and it's in his father's casket today. He said, again, he had the grit to finish. All of us, I believe, as believers, we got to have the strength to finish. How do we, as believers, as disciples in Christ, persevere when the enemy is always trying to get us to quit? How many of you, even this week, said, I'm not even sure if I'm going to go to church. I'm not even sure if I want to serve God. I'm not even sure if I'm going to make it this week. And I, I have a word for you today because I believe today God wants you to finish. Don't quit. Never give up. Paul the Apostle wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he's writing to his son in the faith, a guy by the name of Timothy, and Timothy is someone that he discipled, someone that he worked with. He was the young pastor, and uh, um, Paul's at a place in his life. He's writing from a prison cell. He's under the Roman government, and Nero at the time is the emperor, And apparently already there's been a decision or talk that Paul is going to be beheaded. And so Paul writes this emotional letter to Timothy, kind of giving him his last words, his last words of encouragement to his spiritual son. And he says this, I love what he says, 2 Timothy chapter 4. He said, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. He said, in other words, there's going to be some suffering. If you're a Christian... Believe it or not, there's going to be some hard time. There's going to be some difficulties. Then he said, don't be afraid for suffering for the Lord. And then what, watch what he said. Work at telling others the good news. That's what we're supposed to be doing, telling others the good news. And then he says, fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. In other words, finish what God has placed in you, what you've started Finish this ministry, fully carry it out. And then he said, as for my life has already been poured out like an offering to God. He said, the time of my death is near. He knew he wasn't going to last or or he knew his death was around the corner. And I love what he said. He goes, I fought the good fight. He said, I'm going out fighting, man. He said, I finished the race. 
He goes, I have remained faithful. That's what I want said about me. I finished the race. Amen. I have remained faithful. How many want that on your tombstone? See, he's saying, I've been in the battle. He said, I, but I didn't give up. I've remained faithful. And it's obvious that Paul knew that his race was coming to an end. And he's trying to give encouragement to Timothy. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Don't turn on these things. He said, basically, there's still time. And I'm here to tell all of you today, don't give up. There's still more that God wants to do in your life. There's still more that God wants to do through your life. There's more people to reach with the gospel. There's more ministries to be started. There's more lives to be touched. There's more hope to be shared. And there's more addiction to be broken in the name of Jesus. God wants to use your life to do that. God's not finished with you. Amen. Tell somebody next to you, God's, God's got something for you. That's right. Maybe tell them this. God's got more for you. God's got more for you. I believe that. Why? Because we're supposed to be finishers. When I commit, I don't quit. I said, when I commit, I don't quit. When you make a commitment to God, you shouldn't quit that commitment. Look at this verse of scripture. I love, I, I remember this when I first gave my life to the Lord. I remember these scriptures here, and I'm going to read them to you here in Hebrews chapter 12. I love this. It says, since we are surrounded by many examples of faith, another version said we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us, and what? Never give up. Then I love this. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, did you hear that, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. What I want to remind everyone here today is that God, the God of the Bible, is the God that is the finisher. God doesn't start something and doesn't finish. Throughout Scripture, when God deals with his people, when God does something, he doesn't do it partially. He doesn't do it fractionally. He doesn't do it fragmentally. Uh, basically, when God does something, uh, he starts uh, with an intention to finish uh, because he does finish. Uh, when he starts something, he intends to finish. Uh, he is the finishing God. Uh, he is the author and finisher of our faith today. Uh, and let me just say, God gets agitated, God gets irritated when there's incompletion, when the things are half done, because God is committed to what he started. When he created the world, he just didn't start creating it, but he finished it. When he parted the Red Sea, he just didn't open it halfway, but he finished it. When he knocked down the walls of Jericho, he completed all of these walls falling down. When he healed the ten 
lepers. He didn't heal five of them. He healed all of them. Uh, When he raised Lazarus from the dead, he wasn't walking dead. Uh, He was walking alive. Uh, When Jesus hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. Uh, In other words, the redemption of mankind is finished because he is the author and finisher of our faith. And if God saved you and got you started, he will help you finish. I read the scripture, Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who had begun a good work in you will finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. This is why we got to get a different perspective. We got to begin to change the way that we think. Sometimes in our seasons of delay in life, that, that you know, sometimes when things aren't coming through the way, it doesn't mean we need to get overwhelmed with anxiety. It doesn't mean we need to be overwhelmed with panic because God started something in us. He's going to finish it. If God helped you get that job, he's going to help you finish that job. If God gave you some children, he'll help you raise those children. If God gave you a promotion, he'll help you finish that promotion. If God gave you ministry, he'll help you fulfill the ministry. God is the finisher. And so the question is this. The question is not whether God will finish what he started, but the question is, will you finish what you started? Will you persevere? Because the Bible really describes our walk with God as a race. It is a marathon, not a sprint. You ever seen people sprint? I mean, it's like 10 seconds, man. It's awesome how fast these guys go. But I want you to know your walk with God is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It keeps going and going and going. You ever seen these guys uh, that run these long marathons? I mean, they, they're sleeping in the van. I mean, they could be for miles, hundreds of miles. Uh, but I'm just here to give you an example is that these guys in a marathon know that it's over the long haul. And in our walk with God, unfortunately, there are a few people that finish well. There's a lot of people that start well, but don't finish well. A lot of people get excited, like, ooh, Christianity, oh, man, I'm excited. And I'm all for that. But I'm here to tell you, it starts off well, but will you finish well? Yeah. Will, you be fini- will you be excited toward the end? Woo, yeah, woo, yeah. Or are you like, oh, man, I don't know about this. I don't know if I can finish this. Come on. We got to finish what we started. Unfortunately, there's few people that finish. People get distur- discouraged. People get distracted. People get hurt, they get sidelined, they want to give up, and even in life, we can start a lot of things we don't finish. There's a lot of unfinished projects in your house, don't raise your hand. You started painting the kitchen and it's about halfway done, right? You painted the house, but all the baseboards haven't gotten painted. Uh, a lot of things, you started part of the yard and, and the other half is all still messed up. How many of us have unfinished projects? Uh, and even our lives, our lives could be littered with unfinished things in our life, unfinished uh, commitments, unfulfilled commitments, unkept promises, because what happened? We got discouraged. And a lot of us, you, we've been discouraged in things in life. And so let me just say this. If you're discouraged this week, you picked a great time to come to church today. Okay? Because I want to encourage you that you are a finisher. That God wants you to be a finisher. Don't give up. Don't quit. The first thing that's going to help you be a finisher is you got to remove 
every distraction from your life. How many of you know we get distracted easily? I mean, even with our phone, the moment we hear the buzz, the moment we hear cling, I mean, we got to get it. It's like we're obligated to this thing. This thing owns you. The minute something goes, like this adrenaline, this endorphin, man, gets going in your mind. Like, oh, I got to see somebody text. Somebody hit a like, man. Somebody like what I just posted, and you just got to see it. Man, 20 likes, 50 likes, bro. Look at that. Ooh, man. And we just, we, we just get all this adrenaline and all this distraction that comes from this phone. And I'm just kind of using that as an example. But how many of us get so distracted? And this is why in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, he said, let us run the race before us and never give up. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that so easily holds us back. Another version said, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily entangles us. So we have a choice to make. You've got to remove some things that are distracting you. And let me say this. Every distraction is in destruction. Okay? There are some things that are good. And you say, well, that's not evil. And I'm not saying every distraction is evil. But I'm here to tell you that a lot of distractions can lead you to evil can lead to destruction if you lose your focus on the Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. Again, God created us for this unique race. All of us are in this race of life, and all of us have a different uh, race that we're running. In other words, God has something for you, his will, his purpose for your life. And the problem is, if we're not careful, we get distracted by everyone, and everyone wants us to run their race. You need to run the race that's before you. Stay in your lane. Don't try to get in somebody else's lane. Stay in your lane. Stay where you're supposed to be. And there's people that'll pull on you to say, you're supposed to be doing this. And they have expectations. People put some false expectations on you. Your family will do it. Uh, your friends will do it. Your coworkers, people say, hey, you ought to do this with your life. Hey, you ought to do that with your life. You need to get a hold of God and find out what God has for your life. Don't try to run somebody else's race. Don't try to get in their lane because then you're going to get so distracted. And so what Paul is describing is when you're running this race, don't let this wait. Or it's almost like if you're running a marathon and you have garbage bags on you. He said, get rid of the weight. Get rid of the distraction. How many of us know when you've ever seen these guys that are running a a track or running a a race, uh, they're running the lightest clothes that they can run. I mean, the lightest shorts, the lightest shoes, everything as light as it can be. They're not running with, uh, with raincoats, right? They're not running with big fur coats. Uh, they're running with the lightest because they don't want anything to drag. Some of, the, some of the guys even shave their legs because they don't want the hair to cause a drag, believe it or not. They don't want the hair to drag, uh, all of these different things, because they don't want any extra weight. That will cause them to drag. And a lot of us as believers, there's some things that are distracting you that are dragging on you. Causing you to drag a little bit. Habits can distract you. The wrong friends. Some of, some of us, you know, these friends are unhealthy for you. They, you always get in trouble when you're around them. Is that not a sign? I mean, duh. I mean, you're always with that guy and you get in trouble. Stay away from that guy. Stay away from that person. 
And I, I, I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. I've walked with people. I've been with people in my life. And, I, and I, I found myself, this person always gets us in trouble. It's like trouble attracts that guy. And he's the guy looking for trouble. And why am I hanging around with him? I don't want trouble in my life. I got enough. Are you with me? So friends can be a distraction. Things in our life, again, I, I love the media. I love TV and internet and all these different things. But friend, if we spend so much time, they can become a distraction. Good things in your life can become a distraction. Are you with me? And let me just tell you something that can really become a distraction, your past. Things that happened or you did or someone did to you in your past can become a distraction. It could load you down. So many of us are loaded down over guilt of things that we did to others and resentment of what others did to us. And you're walking around in guilt and resentment. You're walking around in shame and in bitterness. And you're trying to run this race and you have all of this garbage on you and it's keeping you stuck. All the hurts that people did to you and all the hurts you did to someone else. And you're looking at all of these things that, man, I, I'm sorry I did this. And, and God forgave you of that. How many can say amen? He cleanses you. He redeemed, redeemed you. But a lot of us are living in that guilt. And then we're resentful for all the things that people did. And it's just dragging you down uh, and, and, and basically becoming a big distraction in your life. Did you know that Paul the apostle, he had a lot of regrets in his life. But he didn't let it become a distraction. In fact, when you look at Paul the Apostle, he was basically a Christian or, 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 or a terrorist, I should say, on Christian. He persecuted the church of God. He put Christians in prison. Many scholars believe he put Christians to death. And you can imagine uh, later when he became a believer, the regret of all of these uh, persecuting the church of God. It was finally Jesus appeared to him in a vision and said, hey, you're messing with me now. You mess with my church, you're messing with me. He said, who are you, Lord? He goes, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. And he goes, Lord, what do you want me to do? I say, Lord, too. What do you want me to do? But I love what Paul says in Philippians 3.13. He goes, I'm forgetting the past, and I'm looking forward to lie the head. I strain, amen, or I press to reach the end of the race. Here is Paul saying, I'm not going to let the past drag me down. I'm not going to let the past distract me. I've got to get to the finish line. I got my eyes on the finish line. I got my eyes on the prize. I'm pressing toward the mark. See, we need to choose to do that, to be persevere or persevere, not just start, but to finish. Some of us, you're giving your emotional, mental, spiritual energy to the wrong things, and they're sucking the life out of you. They're because they're, it's like they're blood suckers. Are you hearing me? There are things today that you got to let go. You got to let go of some grudges in your life. Man, I don't have time for grudges. I don't got time to be mad at people and, and people and all these different things. There are people who come up to me years later, yeah, you're still mad. I go, mad at what? I don't even know what happened. What are you talking about? I've let that go a long time ago. There are people from my childhood that still bring things up. I go, really, man, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. I was a kid. I was a teenager. You did this. You did that. Well, you know, God forgave me. I'm sorry. I was a teenager. I didn't know what was going on. I was a fool, but Jesus saved me. Hallelujah. 
How many of us, we've done things and people are just bringing, we don't have time. We got to let go of the guilt. I love what Isaiah 48, 43, 18, don't dwell on the past. Some of us, you'll never move forward if you keep looking back. You're wondering why you're not moving forward. You're wondering why you're not getting ahead. You're distracted by the past. This next one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip this one. I'm going to go to this next one. I believe God wants us to, you need to do everything you can to resist discouragement. Discouragement will cause many of us to quit early, to give up, and, don't, and, and, and not able to finish the race that God has before us. We got to remove the distra- distractions, but we also have to get rid of the discouragement. Now, let's just be honest. How many of you right now, don't raise your hand, you're discouraged over your finances? Maybe you're discouraged over your health. Maybe you're discouraged over your marriage. Maybe you're discouraged right now over your children. Maybe you're discouraged where you're at, where you're working right now. You've got some personal issues there. And, and again, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I don't have imp, any empathy for you, but I'm here to tell you as your pastor, I want to tell you discouragement is the choice. Can I just be honest? You're discouraged because you choose to be discouraged. Because that's what you want to focus on. Now, you can focus on God or you can focus on your discouragement. You can focus on the finish line or you can focus on your past and the present and not look to the future because I'm going to know God's, the, God's in charge of the future. Man, your present may not be great, but your future, man, there's hope. Hallelujah. And a lot of us today, we're choosing to be discouraged. Nobody's putting a gun to your head, but somehow you're discouraged. And discouragement is always a choice. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling like quitting, you're choosing to entertain discouraging thoughts. All of us have done it, including your pastor. I, I found myself, I, I, I begin to go down this trail. Things are discouraging, things are this, and I, and I just start, you know how you just start walking down that trail, you say, hold, hold, hold on a second. Uh, there, there's better things that God is doing. Why am I letting myself choosing to go down a discouragement lane? I need to turn around and look at encouragement because Jesus is still on the throne. Last time I checked, he's still large in charge. Am I right? And so we need to be looking to Jesus. You know, I love what Jesus said. I've said the scripture the last several weeks. I'm going to read it to you. John 16, 33 says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. In other words, I want you to have peace about this. I don't want you to be filled with anxiety. I don't want you to be overwhelmed with all of this worry and stress. He goes, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. So if you're wondering why we haven't, Jesus said you're going to have them. He said, but take heart. Be encouraged, he said. Look to him because I have overcome the world. He said, look to Jesus because what? He's an overcomer and he'll help you be an overcomer today. And let me just be honest with you. One of Satan's favorite tools is discouragement, making you ineffective. The second one is procrastination, discouraging you and causing you to get all locked up Getting, causing you to say, oh, forget all of this uh, and all of these things. And, and I love what D.L. Moody said. He said this, I've never known God to you, the discouraged person. When you're looking for the problem, 
When you're looking at things through human eyes and not God's eye, you're going to get discouraged. Let me read you a scripture that will encourage you. How many want to be encouraged right now? Galatians 6, 9, I love this. Whenever I feel discouraged, whenever I feel like, man, things aren't going the way I want them to go, whenever I feel like, man, uh, uh, this isn't working out, look at the scripture right here, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not get tired of doing what is right or doing good, for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing, what, if we don't get discouraged and give up. He said, don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired of doing what is right. Don't get tired of living for God. He said, for for pretty soon, you're going to reap a harvest because it's easier to do wrong. Am I right? How many of you it's easier to lie than to tell the truth? To tell the truth, you have to be accountable. To lie, nobody knows. It's easier to tell a lie. It's easier to do wrong. It's easier to be undisciplined. It's easier to be selfish because you win all the time. Am I right? I'm just being honest. It's easier to do what's easy than what's difficult. It doesn't take a lot of energy to do wrong. Because if it took a lot of energy, a lot of people wouldn't be doing it. It takes more effort. Are you with me? It takes more energy, more discipline to do what's right. But it's easy. That's why I tell people any sissy can serve the devil. Any sissy can sin. Anybody can do that. Oh, I love the sin. You're a sissy. That's why. You, you, you have no strength. You're weak. You're weak. You're, anybody could do that. Anybody can drink, get loaded. Anybody can do that. Don't take anything. But how about getting disciplined? How about taking care of yourself and your family? Well, I'm preaching now. He says, for after a while, we'll reap a harvest of blessing. What Paul's talking about is the seed. In other words, when you begin to plant good seeds, when you begin to plant a harvest of seeds, uh, 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 eventually they're going to grow back and you're going to get a harvest. Am I right? You start planting some seeds, you're going to get them back. But how many know when you go out and you plant a seed, the tree doesn't grow overnight, the garden doesn't grow overnight? I, I, I've been a gardener before. I'm Not lately, but I have, okay? And I, and I know what it takes. Uh, believe it or not, I was involved in agriculture when I was 14, 15 years old. That's another story. I actually have the Green Hand Award. And I was actually part of the Future Farmers of America. That, I'm being honest. I was part of the FFA Club. Now, I've lost a lot of my skill. My wife always tells me, what about all this agriculture? I go, honey, I was 14 years old. Come on. But I know what it is to plant seeds. And I know what it is to work hard and work landscaping. I did it, uh, you know, when I was young and landscaping and all of that. And, and I've learned this. There's, there's a season to plant and there's a season to reap. There's a season to plant and there's a season for growth. And, and many times you're going to plant seeds in, in, in the spring and you're going to reap them later in the summer or later on in the fall. And basically a lot of our life is like that. There's going to be delay. So don't get weary in doing well. There's delay sometimes in your prayer. God doesn't instantly answer your prayer. A lot of us, we, we say, oh man, I'm going to start tithing and you're waiting for a check for a million dollars the next week. It's not going to happen. You tithe consistently and God will begin to bless you. You do what's right and eventually you're going to see it come back to you. 
Are you with me? But it's not going to happen overnight. A lot of our prayer is not going to happen overnight. We want our prayer to be answered instantly. Sometimes when you pray, God, there's a delay. God's testing your heart. Do you really trust him? Are you putting faith in the prayer or faith in God? We say, how do I pray? You want, you want the right word because you, it, it, it's the formula. No, it's trusting God. God's in charge. And however God or whenever God's going to answer it, you got to keep doing good. You got to keep praying. You got to keep being faithful. Keep doing what is right. Some of you that are married, you're saying, man, I'm I'm praying for my husband, uh, uh, but he doesn't treat me right. And I'm not saying be abused physically and all this, but but you know what? You got to begin to sow some good seeds. Or some of you husbands, uh, you're praying for your wife, begin to sow some good seeds. See, how do you handle setbacks? How do you handle times of delay? We're always looking for the immediate things, and we don't realize we got to keep moving forward. It says, don't go grow weary. Don't give up. We got to have a little grit. Turn to someone and say, get some grit, man. Get some grit. There you go. Got to have a little grit. Got to have a little gusto in you. You got to be able to endure a little bit. Keep the fight in you. I remember when I first pastored and, and first started pastoring, my wife and I, people said, did you ever feel like resigning every Monday morning? <laughs> I'd look back and say, man, that sermon was horrible on Sunday. I don't even know why people keep coming back. It's terrible. I'm a terrible pastor. But thank God I didn't give up. <laughs> little by little, I just kept focused on Jesus. <laughs> you you got to hang in there. You got to hang in there. I read this quote. It said, do you know how an acorn became an oak tree? An oak tree is a little nut that refused to give ground. Some of us need to be a little nut that refuses to give ground, right? (laughs) You got to keep pressing forward. You got to keep moving forward. Uh, All of these things, little by little, don't get all shaken. Don't get all filled with anxiety, Realize, man, we, we, there, there's time to finish. You got the Holy Spirit. You got the power of God. I, I love the book of Psalms because the book of Psalms is really uh, um, a book where, where you, we get to hear David and many of the psalmists kind of speak their mind, kind of speak some of the things that we go through in life. And let me just read you this one because I, I think it's really powerful. He says here in Psalms 94, 19, he said, Lord, when doubts fill my mind, and when my heart is in turmoil, quiet me and give me renewed hope and cheer. Did you hear that? He says, sometimes, sometimes I just need to be quiet. Have you, have you ever just allowed yourself to be quiet and let God speak to you? Yeah. You know, some of us, man, we don't know what it is to be quiet. I'm, I'm not going to point to anyone, but you don't know what it is. And I'm not just talking verbally. I'm just talking about just sitting outside and just kind of, you know, in your mind, just kind of meditating on God, not speaking any word, just kind of thinking, looking at life without looking at your phone. Yeah. See, looking at your phone, that's not quiet. Not reading anything. And just kind of sitting and say, God, speak to me. God, show me something. But that would say a word. Not even verbalize any prayer. Just Lord, how many of you can sit just quietly for 10 minutes without falling asleep? Okay, just kind of quietly. You'll be amazed what revelation you may get, what thought you may get if you learn how to be quiet a little bit. And number four or number three here, 
you need to renew yourself daily, every day. You need to get a spiritual charge. Now, how do you do that? Well, prayer, the word of God, we know that. But I, li- I like what the psalmist says here in one, uh, Psalm 127. He said, God wants his loved one to get their proper rest. I love this. Another version said, it is stupid for you to get up so early and stay up late for God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. So there's not only rest spiritually, but there's rest physically. Do you know that physically today, you can't get renewed strength if you don't get the proper rest? Did you know that? You need to get some physical rest as well as spiritual rest. And then, and then in 2 Corinthians 4.16, this is why we never give up. Our spirits are renewed every day. So how does our spirit get renewed every day? Our spirit gets renewed every day because we're depending on the Lord. We're praying. We're talking to God. Our strength doesn't come from ourselves. It comes from God. Can you say amen? He's the one that renews us. He's the one that changes us. He's the one that empowers us. He's the one that helps us make it to the end. I'm here to tell you, this is why church is important. This is why your daily prayer and your daily devotion, talking to God in the morning. However, you know, a lot of us this morning, we get so discouraged because we're not praying a half hour. Pray five minutes. Pray ten minutes. Just take a moment. You'll be surprised how renewing it'll be. Turn on, you know, put, put on my po- podcast and hear me preach again. Uh, you know, uh, read the Bible. I don't know. Read, do whatever. Put on some worship music. It'll renew you. Call somebody. Get renewed every day. This is why we believe in coming to church. This is why we believe uh, not just, you know, we're just not Sunday goers, but we come to church uh, during the week. We, go, we have a connect groups on Friday because we believe it renews you. We have prayer on Saturday. It renews you. It empowers you. Let me read this, and I'm going to close here out of, out of Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. I think it's really cool the way it said. It's a paraphrased message. But it said, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans that are cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sin. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished his race that we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish, that exhilarating finish in and with God, Jesus could put up with anything along the way, the cross, the shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor on the right, on, on the right alongside of God. When you find yourself lagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. And he said, that long hostility that Jesus plowed through, that shoots adrenaline in your soul, in this this all-out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you and have to say nothing of what Jesus went through. So don't feel sorry for yourself. God is educating you. That is why you must never drop out. He's treating you like dear children. Let's get to the finish line. Let's persevere. Let's pray. Father, right now, I pray all over this house and all over this building. Lord, today there are some that feel like quitting. There are some that feel like giving up. There are some in this room 
even today, might have even said, this is my last service. Or this is my last week. There's some of you barely made it to church today because you feel like giving up. This past week, you feel like throwing in the towel. You feel like, man, is this Christianity really worth it? Is serving God really worth it? And God's speaking to you to get your grit back. Get it back. Get that Get that fire back. Get that strength back. Get that perseverance back in your heart. Don't allow distractions or discouragement to get in the way. Get renewed every day. God is the finisher and God wants you to be a finisher today. God finishes what he starts and he wants you to finish it today. But with every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment, if you're in this room right now and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never asked the Lord to come in your heart and forgive you of your sin, I want you to know you can start today. Today is your starting day. And heaven is the finish line today. So if you're in this room right now, you'll be honest with yourself, be honest with God. You need the Lord in your life right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, whoever you are, be honest with God right now. Say, Pastor, I need God in my life. I need Jesus in my life today. I want to start. I'm telling you, not only are you going to start, but you can finish. You started off life doing your own thing. But today you said, I'm going to start by serving God. So if you're in this room right now, you be honest with yourself, honest with God. Say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. I want to be, I want to have Jesus in my life. I want to start this race today. I don't want to finish like others. I want to start and finish like Jesus. Is there anyone in this room right now, you'd be honest with God, be honest with you. That's me, Pastor. Would you pray for me? I need the Lord in my life. Would you raise your hand right now? Anyone at all right now, you'd raise your hand and say, that's me. I need God in my life. I need Jesus in my life today i want to give my life to christ if that's you just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down and say that's me you're speaking to me right now i need god in my life i need jesus in my life right now is there anyone at all i don't want you to leave this room without receiving christ in your life you've never given your life to christ you've never surrendered your heart to him today don't leave here without him who are you right now just raise your hand and put it right back down is there anyone at all Maybe you were once serving God. Maybe you were once walking with God, but you're away from God today. And you say, I need to rededicate my life to him. Who are you? Raise your hand. Who are you? Is there anyone at all? Anyone at all today? We don't want you to leave here without the Lord in your life today. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you. Why don't we all stand together? And I want to say this to you guys. How many of you want to be a finisher today? You say, man, I want to be a finisher. All right, all right. You don't have to raise your hand, but maybe maybe you say, man, I've had a struggle this week or this past week, and I felt like giving up. I've had, man, I've, I've had, man, it's been hard doing what's right because it's so much easier to do wrong. Some of you want to give up on your marriage. You want to give up on some things in your life. You even want to give up God, some, some of you. But if you want to be a finisher today, you say, man, I want to finish. I need to be an example to my kids. I need to be an example where I'm, I, I want to be a finisher today. 
I don't want to just start it. I want to be a finisher. I've started this race, and I intend to finish. I want to be able to say what Paul said. I fought the good fight. Man, I finished my course. If that's you today, I'm going to open this altar. I want you to come right now. Just, I'm going to open the altar right now. Said, that, that's me. I want to be a finisher today. Maybe you felt, felt like giving up. Man, whatever it may be, God's speaking to you today. I'm going to open this altar today. And I want you to come just for prayer. Maybe, maybe renewing your commitment. What, whatever I commit, I won't quit. If I commit, I won't quit. And maybe today or maybe this week, you've gone through that. I'm going to open this altar. They're going to play some music. They're going to lead us in worship. I want you to make your way down here right now as we begin to pray. Holy Spirit, help us. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.